everybody. How you doing? Yeah, that sucked. My name is Bill Max. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, welcome to the Broad Street Hockey green room post game, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, that that game sucked. Uh, this team. I don't want to simplify it to they're missing their their number one defenseman and their number two center, but it re- man they you look at you look at how the offense went tonight and like okay you get the depth scoring you get you get Broussard going again uh, you get that production out of out of Derek Broussard okay cool the depth is there. They just don't have that one dynamic line, that one dynamic player. They so badly need a star forward. Like, I know, uh, you know, the goaltending, whatever. Uh, Martin Jones is the backup. He was, uh, you know, you were going to need to score tonight. He was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad, whatever. Um, You know you're without Ryan Ellis. They just... They're not going to be able to score enough consistently without um, without their full lineup to be able to compete against even uh, Boston. Isn't a great team. This isn't Boston from a couple of years ago. Like they're good. They're they're a nice team. Um, they're probably, I would say, player for player, pretty close with the Flyers. But the Flyers losing a blowout tonight because they just can't seem to sustain enough. Even their flashes aren't flashy enough. Uh, I guess let me get to some positives. Uh, and this, you know, when I'm thinking these things, I'm thinking, man, uh, for how long can Rasmus Ristolainen and, and Zach McEwen be the guys who stand out the most? Um, if that's the case, no offense to those guys. I really enjoy watching them play. Glad they're here. Uh, if they're the ones that are standing out at some t- at some points that means not enough guys are standing out. Um, but uh, credit to those two. Uh, they've been good. Joel Farabee in the third period, I thought looked much more like Joel Farabee uh, than he has recently. So hopefully they can get him going. There's, that's someone, I say it all time, it's not fair to, to depend on a young guy like that. But look around the league. Young guys are being depended on. And Joel Farabee, uh, he needs to contribute. He needs to be productive for this team. It, there's a lot of guys who fall under that category. I don't want to single him out negatively, but I did think in the third period he looked more like Joel Farabee than he has in some time. Uh, just not – I don't know. There's not a lot of micro stuff to take away from this one because the macro is they're missing their 2C and their 1D. And even with those guys, I don't know if they're a very good team. Without them, they just don't seem to have the firepower. They don't seem to have the punch. All right, uh, only a few guys lined up so far. We will take this as long as anyone wants to take it. Trust me, it's Saturday night. I'd love to be spending time with my wife or drinking beer on the couch watching wrestling, whatever, uh, instead of here. But we're here talking about this shit game. So let's go to the phones, and I'll be here as long as you'll have me. Uh, Hunter Moyer, Hunter Moyer, you're live on the post game. Uh, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter? Uh, pretty good. Hope you're having a good weekend so far. I was until tonight. Um. I saw Ghostbusters. Oh, I have a few today, and honestly, it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. So it's re- it's going to be hard to really ruin my day. <laughs> um, so I want to. I have a couple points here. Uh, one, I want to go on like a little bit of a Don LaGreca rant. If you don't know who that is, you got to look up some of his rants on YouTube. Um, 
the if you look up the Flyers in the second period from the twenty minute mark till I don't know, say the five minute mark, I I think over the past how many years I've watched the Flyers since I was a kid, the Flyers have never been a team that has had a, a lot of superstar talent. They've never had that Connor McDavid. They've never had a Leon Dreisaitl, anyone like that, a Pasternak, Ovechkin. And, and the way that they've they... Been, were- they've been a depth team since the Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom was a team built on stars, and since then they've been a depth team. Yeah, and and my, my, my point I'm trying to get to is... How, how do I want to say this? Is the way the Flyers were able to win in... 2010 and against Pittsburgh and Boston and stuff like that is the way Ristolainen and McEwen and and Thompson did in the second period. You go after their top guys, you play physical, and what happens when you do that? Their top guys like McAvoy and Marshcan get off their game and they start taking penalties. And then when you get, and then everyone on the bench goes, okay, well now I want to get involved, and then you get the fans involved, and I it just feeds off the energy of that, and I just feel like. That is where the conversation last year, as we didn't have that big type of player, that that was the issue. And I understand this game didn't go the way it went because we sucked and, you know, bad call, whatever. But if we could just be more physical and and play to that more play style, because Elaine Vino's thing is be a fucking flyer. And to me, that's being a flyer. You know, you look at the Broad Street Bullies. That's that's a flyer to me. That that has always been their play style. And, and that's my rant. No, I, I 100% agree. And tonight I thought um, Boston's a physical team. I thought the Flyers, especially uh, when they started really getting engaged physically, they did have that element. And it did work to the point, like you said, all of a sudden Charlie McAvoy's in the box. All of a sudden Bergeron's in the box. Now the problem is, while they they have that effort, they have that little bit of extra that's dragging them into the fight. Now they can't cash in. Now it's they get and you know they get fucked by that call. But like if you thought they were scoring four goals tonight, which is what they would have needed uh, to tie it up at that point, like you're out of your mind. They they just didn't have the offensive punch. But I realize they got screwed by that call. But it just seems like now. Even if they get those momentum plays, like, all right, yeah, we drugged them into the fight and they're taking penalties. Great. Now they can't cash in on that. And the power play is special teams are never an issue until they're killing you. And right now the power play is killing them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I 100 percent agree, you know, because if you want to play to that physical play style, you need to cash in on those opportunities. And you're, you're willing to to win on those on those opportunities. That's how you win a game. And and Giroux was like that. When Giroux came into the league with the Flyers, he was physical. He got into it with Crosby. He was that type of player. And I understand he's taken the leadership role, but we we I feel I really do feel like we need that. We still need that that player, that that first line player who can still cash in. And I'm not saying Giroux's not that guy, but I I, I don't know. I I love how Ristolainen and them played. That that was my major standpoint. Was from the second period. I think. That that to me is being a flyer. That I've always liked watching that type of hockey. I think that's what they excel at, and that's what I take away from it. Thanks, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Hunter. Yeah, I think they absolutely need to play that way. Uh, it's pretty clear now, like they can't play, um, like they don't have the offensive punch to like go goal for goal for teams, go up and down. They have to get in on the forecheck. They have to be an annoying team. They have to draw penalties. 
they have to be uh, like I said uh, in 2019-20, the first year of Vigneault, right before things started to turn, I watched the way they were playing, watched the way they were forechecking, and I thought, you know, this is a team, if they get to the playoffs, can have some success in the playoffs. They seem to play that type of way. They need to get back to more of that. But right now, to me, the issue is even when they play that way, man, they just can't sustain anything offensively because they don't have one guy who just goes, this is mine. Uh, Drew is is still one of my favorite, if not my favorite flyers of all time. There'll always be a place for him on this team in my mind. But to depend on him to lead your offense at this point, you're going to have situations like you have now. Just not enough. Even if, like, his line does well and he gets a couple of points, you if you don't have anything better than him, like he needs to be uh, what I don't even want to say what Nazem Kadri is for Colorado. Cause I think maybe that's underselling Giroux, but it's awesome. You know, it's, it's awesome when Kadri produces for them, but they also still, even without McKinnon have Landis Cog and uh, Ranton and, and uh, Kale McCarr and these guys who can just take over a shift, take over a period and keep you in the fight. And the flyers just don't have that right now. Uh, let's go to Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, what's up? How are you tonight? Uh, doing fine. Um, I think overall, I think the Flyers probably have a little bit more depth on paper than the Bruins. I don't think the Bruins are that good other than the top line and occasionally the other line show up, but they play with an identity and, uh, it seems like their passes, especially on the power play, the big, the biggest difference between the two teams on the power play is Boston snaps it around. They know, they know what they're going to do. And just like looks like the Flyers that they they're thinking a little bit too much and they're like, oh, where's the open guy? And uh, can I get it to this guy and put him in a scoring um, opportunity area? And the Bruins are just snapping around it. Even when they don't score, it looks good. So uh, the one, the power play goal for the Flyers, Drew put it right. I mean, it got deflected by Lazar, but it was right off his tape right away. It, I, I will say, because I, I like to point out the positives, even on a night when I want to complain. Uh, the power play goal tonight, and the the, uh, the first goal comes on a pass from behind the net. Who would have thunk it? And even the power play goal, instead of going low to high and taking the shot from as far away as humanly possible, they worked the puck from the top of the point down to Giroux and Giroux went towards the net. Like, yeah, it's a cross ice pass, but the puck advanced towards the net on every, on every pass of that play. And I, like, that's a positive to me. I realize the power play is still an issue, but on that one, when they scored and like, yeah, it's confirmation bias, they scored, but at least they're not like, all right, let's get it to the point and hope something happens. Like they actually, like understood the idea of we need to get it to the area where goals are scored in, which is still an issue for this team sometimes. And uh, your point about needing a star forward, um, part of that is you just, when you have higher picks and even uh, in the second, third round, you just have to draft more high scoring forwards. I mean, I, I, I don't buy into any, need-based drafting forwards develop faster than defensemen defense oh, yeah. just take i always think you should take the player with the most possible star potential because he'll have the most value for the longest even if they don't work out like even if like if cole caulfield is a bust guess what they're gonna get for him a shit ton 
Yep. You can always do that. Like Jonathan Drew in a couple of years ago in Tampa, uh, you know, people think he has a star ceiling. So what do they get? Sergachev. What did they need? Exactly that. Like, so they get the defenseman they need to go on cup runs. Like, I always think you need to do that. I know we've been going back and forth on the drafting hire thing on Twitter, Harris. Uh, I always appreciate that. Um, they also just need to dra- needed to draft better. Like they could have yeah. had some much better players. And yeah, when you draft higher, you just have a better chance of hitting more guys available. Like it's that's just how you know throwing darts works, really. But yeah, I, I understand. Like me saying they didn't need to tank, and then me saying they need some fucking star level forwards. Like I get how that's not hypocritical, but you know what I'm saying. Well, it's just like. In the second round, when they took Abe Kubel, he's he's under a point per game player in the queue. Like in the queue is a higher scoring league. Braden Point was over a point per game in the dub, more physical, and apparently he wasn't a great skater and still put up those points. Like I don't know, just from the production itself. Yeah, I mean, it seems like an easier pick. I mean, I know hindsight and whatnot, but but they get paid same, same thing with Debrinket. I mean, they get paid like the way I say like. You know, JVR is playing well, but he gets paid to produce, and he's not, so you got to hold it against him a little. The GMs, yeah, it is throwing darts in the draft, but they get paid to be right. You get judged by your hits and misses. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's harder. I just Sometimes I think the GMs overthink it instead of just looking, okay, here's what they did, and like this is what they probably will do. I mean – the Flyers took three defensemen uh, with their first first round pick in 13, 14, and 15. Maybe some of those guys were the best player on the Flyers board. Maybe they weren't. But like you, you can't find Eric Carlson, John Carlson, Drew Dowdy, those type guys very often. It's really hard. So drafting defense. Definitely not at like 14. Like, yeah. You, you find those guys at three. Even if they're like, we're talking about star level forwards, but there's star level defensemen as well. Like, yeah, it's nice to get a Travis Sanheim, and maybe he was the best player on the board. And looking at that draft, like it, it might not be a terrible pick, but Pasternak yeah. was there. Yeah, exactly. And and he star. and and I just like he played in the All Svenskin, so pro league. I mean, the transition to the NHL is much easier as opposed to coming from junior or NCAA. I mean, like if you're playing against top level, you're playing against men. Yeah, yeah, it's just easier, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think Boston plays with an, an identity, and when Hayes isn't in the lineup for the Flyers, um, they're not feeding off of him, and he they fed off of him in 1920. He was hurt last year and just wasn't himself, and they didn't feed off him, and he's not in the lineup now, so it's going to kill no, I think I think that's a great point, and thanks a lot, Harris. The Flyers, when we talk about them having an identity, the uh, the swagger, the energy, whatever you want to call it, of Kevin Hayes – is infectious and like you can you can see like Travis Konechny same thing and he feeds off of it that's uh, Scott Lawton same thing but it's it, I think it really Kevin Hayes is a huge part of that and now like that this isn't an excuse you need to figure out a fucking way to win uh, like I, I talk about Colorado all the time because they're the team I like to watch the most and bet on the most uh, but without Nathan McKinnon they're averaging like six goals a game in the last like two weeks. You know, like, I realize they still have other stars, but that's your MVP caliber player. You're without him, and you're just running teams right now. Uh, Kevin Hayes uh, isn't fucking Nathan McKinnon, you know? You need to find a way to be able to get over losing him. But 
like we just said earlier, this is a team that's based on depth. And when you start chipping away at it, mm, there's not that one guy because they don't have that one guy. You chip away at the depth suddenly. Yeah. Derek Broussard's two goals are only two goals. Uh, Brandon St. Randy, great name. Uh, Brandon, you're live on the post game. Brandon. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. There you are. Um, I got you. Yeah. Thanks. Um, is tonight. I just gotta I just gotta ask right off the bat. Yeah, is yeah. It a Zach and Miri. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Salut- right. Salutations. <laughs> that, that was actually great. I try. The uh, how boring are the fucking Flyers, right? Like I love them. Dude. I do, man. Yeah. They're so fucking boring. I had like, this conversation with a cousin every game. I want them to be good. I want nothing more than this team to do well. But I can't watch them without just being like like so critical when you watch other teams play and they just play a totally different style it's, than we play. When you it can get you know, you get sucked in, you get in the bubble of just you know, you watch the Flyers every night, you watch eighty two of their games and you think a certain thing about how hockey is played because that's just what you see every single night. And then again, like I turned on Colorado last night and I'm like, they're playing a different fucking sport. Like they are, they're just all over. Like you see McKinnon up on his skates and he's, you know, he's just doing that, like running almost like McDavid does, like cutting across the middle. And it's just so impressive. Right. And I know those guys, they're not just out there. Like you can't just go out there and get, you gotta be bad and you gotta have the right timing to get those kind of guys. But just, I'm so worried that we're the wild of the East. Like we're just going to waste away in mediocrity. We are, we have been, but like, and I'm not just saying that for the Fletcher connection, but just, they're so fucking boring that I don't know. Like, unless you get someone, someone that's really going to push the envelope. I know they did a lot in the off season, but really even with Hayes and Ellis, are they, are they really going to push the needle? I'm not saying they're slouches, but they're not the kind of people that you're going to get on the team. Like nobody worries about anybody on the flyers. Ever. No. And that's like we were saying, it's a, they're a depth team. So it's not any one guy. And I, I like, I feel you exactly. It's, they just don't have that thing that makes – I thought tonight once they started getting physical and answering back, like that's more of their identity and they could play yeah. that way. But, yeah, like – You need Ellis, Yeah, Hayes and Ellis, like they're not superstars. You know, they're, yeah, and they're nice, really not. It's a nice 2C. It's yeah, a, it's a number one defenseman because we don't have a superstar one defenseman like uh, Ryan, I, I, Ryan Ellis is hopefully a great number two, but yeah. you know, and him and Provorov worked. They just don't. It, just missing these couple of guys just seems to be killing them. But even even there though, right? Like, and I, I don't mean to like bury guys. It's like because JVR is a streaky person. I wasn't always a big JVR guy, but. For being six something, six foot something, he is soft, dude. That dude is a soft serve ice cream cone every night. Like, play physical if you're not scoring, man. Like, you know what I mean? I'll give him credit a little bit for trying more lately. And, like, I never think he's, I never think he looks bad out there, but he's never going to be that difference maker unless he's scoring. And, Bro, you're getting paid seven million bucks. I know. You know? That's the thing. If he was making like five have a nice, or something, yeah, you can yeah. have a nice entry pass all day. Like, cool. I'm glad you had that nice entry pass. But we're paying Oscar Lindblom three million bucks to have that nice entry pass. Like, yeah, and, and who puts the puck in the net? I, I tell you what, I was a big Travis Sanheim guy when we drafted him, and I used to just 
gawk over that lateral movement on the line, like, and him jumping up in the offense. Like, where has that been the last three years? That guy does not get up on the offense at all. For being a guy that can skate, you'd think he'd take a little bit more of a risk. I know he's like a defensive liability and you're trying to get that like locked down before you're worried about the offense, but that guy used to carry the puck at the line on his draft video. And I used to think like, here it is. We're finally going to no, get our puck he, moving, guys. He'd, he'd walk it from the left side to the middle. Like, he yeah, was that just skating the line. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Sanheim, I will say, I think I've noticed him being more aggressive lately. And that's what definitely the last two games. Like, yeah, just like in terms of defensive liability. Guess what? He's going to fucking suck defensively no matter yeah. what. But you need the so offense, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just only be aggressive. That's I can live with that. I can do. live with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get burned, you get burned. Like he played it safe tonight and got burned. So fuck it. What's the difference? I know. I know. I just, I just want them to do good. I really do. I want them to do good, and I want them Not, to get more somebody. More than anything. And, and, and I, the thing I love about it, I want Tarasenko, but, man, I'm worried about that shoulder. I really am. If that shoulder isn't – if you can't get, like, three or four years out of that guy even, then I don't, I don't know. And it's Johnny Hockey, but, then. <laughs> and yeah, thanks a lot, Brandon. Um, just in terms of, like, I wonder – if taking the risk on Ryan Ellis, who when the Flyers went out and got him, we talked on BSH radio, hell of a move. You traded two guys who aren't going to factor in. Uh, they had plenty of chances, and they just weren't going to be a part of the future in Phil Myers and uh, Nolan Patrick. And that's all well and good. Shit don't work. You traded them for a guy who could be your number one defenseman. That's you know uh, a number two pick you lucked into. It's a shame it didn't work out, but you lucked into it. You're supposed to be drafting 13 that year and an undrafted free agent. And you got Ryan Ellis. You took the risk on Ryan Ellis, and it isn't paying off. And now the last caller brings up uh, Tarasenko. I just wonder if they're the Ellis risk. I wonder if the Ellis risk already showing the downside. Like, oh, yeah, the guy who misses a ton of games is missing a ton of games. I wonder if they will be more averse to risk now because of it, or if they're still like, get the best player. It's going to be interesting to see how Fletcher handles these next couple of months. Uh, Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. Warren. You unmuted, Warren? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, there you are. No uh, problem. No problem. Uh, I was at the game tonight and some comments. I really uh, impressed with Risk Lalinen. I, th- I think he's really playing well. I'm really impressed he with is. him. I think he's a really good player, and I think I think he was their best pickup uh, this offseason. So far, he has been. I mean, Atkinson had the hot start, but he's really cooled off. Uh, Ellis hasn't hasn't played. I mean, Ristolainen has been in the lineup. What did he come in the third game of the season? And yeah. you know, he had a rough first week or so, but since then, he he's been one of their standout players. Like, every much, single night, I'm talking about Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, that's that's amazing. But you know, what I don't understand is this is the we're not in the 1970s. We're in the 2020s, and we're dumping the puck in. Like it's going out so of style much. and we're uncontrolled. So we're not getting to the puck. And the first period was ridiculous. And I got to point to coach at that and the GM for not having the talent to carry the puck in. And I don't understand reason, what's going on there. It's yet another reason they need to bring up Morgan Frost yesterday. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great player. He probably isn't because most players aren't great. 
but it's just those little things that he could do for you, like puck control, carrying it in, dishing off of that entry, like things they don't have right now, definitely not consistently enough. Uh, and I would, Kevin Hayes out of the lineup. We just have a lot of passengers right now. Van Riemsdyk, Farabee, uh, Konechny, uh I think I said JVR. Uh, they're, they're not, we're not getting anything out of them. I would say of that group you listed, all yes. I think Konechny is really working to make things happen, but like, you know, that. He is so small. Yeah. He is small. He, and he, you know, he can play bigger, but sometimes he just doesn't have that little bit extra he needs to. Uh, and to and I, I would say a couple of positive things, Max Willman and Zach McEwing. I know they're fourth line players, but in watching Willman tonight, he really stays on his check. He's got nice speed. He's aggressive uh, they, and confident. Yeah, it's nice to see a guy overachieve. And, I, I you know, yeah. I hope they give McEwing a chance uh, to work his way into a third line role eventually. Because I think they, they need they need someone with size out there that can win battles. I think McEwen, and thanks a lot, Warren. I think McEwen might have a little bit of that Carcillo upside. I'm not, like, Carcillo was a real nice player, so I I don't mean to like knock down what he was because uh, like, as a third line bruiser, uh, you could do a lot worse than Dan Carcillo. I wonder if McEwen has maybe a little of that potential. Uh, we, we've seen him make plays with the puck. We've seen him make plays around the net. He's obviously relentless, physical, uh, but he also makes little plays with the puck that make me think there might be a little something more there. Um, ideally, he's on your fourth line because you have nine guys who are considerably better than him, but I don't know if at this point right now that that's the case. Uh, 69, Mr. 60, you're on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, How, I are got you. How are you? All right. Uh, pretty good. I didn't watch a single second of this game, but it sounds like just judging all the other, other callers, it's just same shit, different day. Yeah, they just yeah, they um, just um, they just didn't they have just that didn't little have bit that extra little they needed extra tonight. tonight. It was – I wouldn't say I they, wouldn't played, say they bad. played bad. Boston, Boston controlled the game. Boston, Boston absolutely, absolutely uh, deserved to win. to win. But, but they just – if they had a little extra, I think they could have overcome a lot tonight. It sounds like it. I mean, it just seems like this team just like they're stuck in some sort of rut. And I mean, like it just I, I don't know, like how we can go if Ellis is going to be out for an extended period of time. Like Fletcher needs to make some sort of move because Yandel Sealer is not the answer for our third pair for defense. And yeah, we need some sort uh, of some sort yeah. of replacement. And I mean, I mean, you have to move someone. It's it's. Everyone, I guess, is pointing towards JVR, but at the same time, like, I totally forgot about this until recently. We have Wade Allison coming up eventually, so that's going to yeah. be some sort of substitute, even if you do move a JVR or, like, someone else that's a four that's making a decent amount of money so we can clear some cap to get. Even if they go out and get, like, a second-pair defenseman, that's better than what we have right now, and as long as they can kind of just, like, tread water until we get to the playoffs, like, if Ellis comes back, I, they can, and Hart's still in good, they can make a decent run, but I mean, the way they're playing now, and just, it's, it's just going to be one of those injury plague seasons, and I think we need to make some sort of move just to secure whatever we can just to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, 60. Yeah, that was, watching them tonight, it really, like, 
man, is this just going to be a year where you never fucking put it all the way in gear because you just never had your full lineup? And I, it's so early. Like, it's not even American Thanksgiving yet. Um, and I call it American Thanksgiving out of respect to our friends to the north. Um, I, I, but you just, like, Hayes comes back for two games, goes down. Ellis comes back for a game, goes down. Is it just going to be one of those years where you never really – you just never fully get it going? Like, we all see this team has potential. With Carter Hart playing the way he's playing and the full lineup, I think we all see this team as at least playoff contender, first-round winner, that sort of team. Uh, how high their ceiling is depends on, well, how how good can Carter Hart be in the playoffs? How much can they get out of their top-end guys when the games really matter? Can we sustain, you know, playoff slumps from Giroux or Konechny? Like, those guys need to get shit going. Uh, but they just need something else. And they're in such a tough spot. I don't know how you pull it off. Um, do you subtract a JVR just to open up space in hopes of things, uh, of something else opening up down the line that you can then bring in a salary. Who would want to bring in like JVR right now and maybe a, a forward-thinking uh, front office would go, oh, well, a, uh, a you know a, a good goal scorer has only two goals through whatever, 20 games. That means he's due for a bunch. We should jump on that bandwagon now. Like I was watching the Seattle, again, I'll, I'll reference Colorado, but the Seattle-Colorado game last night, there was a lot of talk on Twitter about uh, what Seattle is and what they did in the draft. Man, they have a lot of cap flexibility. They have a lot of things they can do. They can sell players. Like, I wonder if that's a team you target and you throw in a pick to get something useful from them if they take on JVR's salary. And then with the difference, you then add a second player uh, with your other assets, picks, prospects, et cetera. Uh, they need a little something else, though. Uh, Nikki Hall, there you are. Nikki, I was waiting for you. How are you hey, tonight? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Oh, uh, you know. I felt that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, Between my work schedule and me trying to like get a bite to eat in between, it was kind of hard. To, each time I tuned in, it was intermi- first intermission, second intermission. I'm just like... And I just kind of dozed, or I kind of turned it off after the fourth goal. I like, I don't know what tonight was exactly like. We were legit coming off a shootout loss, and I thought, okay, this is Boston. It's going to be a good test. And then, like, that whole game, from what I've heard, transpired, and I'm just sitting here like, you're fucking getting me, right? Like, they just didn't, there was just a gear they needed to get to tonight that they did not have. I'm honestly surprised because, like, you know, they really brought the heat when they played them earlier in the season, and it's just they like they did. It they played that one of the best games of the year was what they did against Boston, and that honestly shocked me because I was thought like, oh, this will probably be a close game, you know, everything will be fine, you know, and I, you know, I, I think, think it was, I think it was a little closer than the score and the shot totals would say. Mm-hmm. That said, like Boston controlled the game and very much deserved to win. 
No, no, without a doubt. Um, the one thing I will say, and I know I kind of praised Braun, and I know that he was one of the goals tonight or goals against tonight, but I'm not he, gonna knock. He had a tough one tonight. I'm yeah. not gonna knock on him too much, just because, like, similar to how Hart let in that weird one the other night against Tampa, it's just like it, 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 those types of goals are gonna happen. I'm not they gonna say happen sometimes. Like, yeah, Connor, uh, Connor McDavid turns over the fucking puck every now and then. Like, they, yeah. it's a game played on ice. Yeah, shit happens. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, it, it was like a right place, right place, right time. Just luck wasn't in our favor in that instance, you know. And you know, we've had our lucky breaks too. I'm not saying that we don't, but like, yeah, it's I don't know. It seemed like it was just one of those weird games tonight you know it's uh, it, it, it was a it was very much a that's when we, we we're constantly looking for differences from the mediocre teams of the past yeah and this was a very predictable like this outcome is exactly what would happen to those mediocre teams we've been watching over the last few years oh without a doubt but you know it's been refurbished and yeah I mean, I can't even knock on injuries too much because, like, you know, yeah, the injury to Ellis freaking sucks, but, like, we found ways to win games without him. You know, granted, he was the play, one of the players who would help, you know, boost the defense, even if it's just the tiniest bit. You know, Ristolainen brings the physicality aspect. Um, uh, who else? You what? just get so much more out of your defense if it's uh, Provorov, Braun, Sandheim, Ristolainen, and mm-hmm. Yandel and uh, or Provorov Ellis, so excuse me, Ristolainen mm-hmm. Sandheim, and then Ellis Braun. Then when it's fucking Braun, you know, on the top line, and then mm-hmm. uh, Nick Sealers in the game. Like Nick Sealers, a, a, he's a nice role player, or whatever. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad he's getting his chance and everything, but he doesn't actually do anything. It's kind of unfortunate because, like, you know, I don't think that Sealer's a bad player by any stretch. He's not a good player, but, like... I mean, he's their eighth defenseman. He's exactly yeah. what your eighth defenseman probably is. Yeah. Um. You know, for what it's worth, I don't know if, like... I mean, I don't... Like I said, and it kind of goes back to a few post games ago where it's like, you know, I don't want to be hitting the panic button just yet. And I only say just there's, yet. There's a difference between panic button and the realistic button. And the realistic button is this division is really fucking tough, even mm-hmm. if we were at full strength, and mm-hmm. we are not. So if you want to make the playoffs, something has to change. Oh, no, without a doubt. I agree 100%. But it's like, what? what is that something? like? Yeah, do I we, don't know. I don't know yeah. how they do it. I don't. It, it's a tough situation they're in right now. Uh, I mean, so let's see the upcoming. So I think, what is it, Tuesday we're in Florida for the take on the Panthers? That's They have the upcoming schedule, and this is really the meat of, if you listen to BSH Radio, and I know you do, Nikki, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, all the post games we've done, like I was saying, these next 15, 20 games, and we're in the middle of that stretch right now. These these next six, seven uh, it's 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 a that's why you need to when you're up against a team like Boston who yeah they're good mm-hmm. but it's not a loss like it's not something I look at the schedule and go oh yeah let me write an L right here you can beat no, Boston if you play well and you need to get the at least a point you need to get something in these games because you have Tampa Florida you have a bunch of tough games coming up 
Oh, without a doubt. Um, do you think there's going to be like, I don't know if it's going to be sooner rather than later, but do you think there's going to be a move with this organization as far as like call-ups or trades or really anything that might get something going? Or what What do you think is like, because you know, the Ellis situation really hurts. It does. So like, yeah, and thanks a lot, Nikki. Um, I, I think maybe you give York a look. How much better is York than Sealer? I got to believe he brings something else. Um, it, it's a matter of fit as well. Like, do you want York and Yandel out there together? I get it. No, I don't even want that as much as I want these guys to come up. Let's see what they have. Let's see if they do something for us. But, man, Morgan Frost just needs to be up. Uh, they have a dynamic, potentially dynamic. I don't know. Morgan Frost might fucking suck. I have no idea. But I have no idea. And neither do they. This is an offense that can't score more than two goals in a game. Like, he couldn't possibly hurt. Figure some things out. Like, figure out how you want to configure the lines. I know we don't want to, oh, yeah. Uh, fourth line. We don't want to bump Lawton down. We don't want to bump. We don't want to bump Nate Thompson out of the lineup. Uh, You know, what's Nate Thompson really doing for you? What are a lot of these guys really even doing for you? Hell, and I'm not advocating for the scratching or the benching of Joel Farabee, but you know, they want Morgan Frost to dominate at the AHL. What the fuck do they want out of Joel Farabee? Don't they want him to at least look competent? Because guess what? He doesn't. Uh, and again, the third period tonight, if this is the start of something for him, awesome. I think Joel Farabee is going to be a good player in this league for a while. But uh, right now, he's not giving them anything. Hopefully, the third period tonight is the start of something where he starts to contribute again uh, like he was early in the season. But I, Morgan Frost needs to be up. Uh, you have a player who has the potential to be a dynamic offensive player, and you have a team that cannot score. This is the easiest fucking call in the world, but because of fit and a bunch of bullshit that doesn't actually matter, uh, they they won't do it. Uh, Warren Brody's back in. Warren, how are you? Yeah, just a comment. You know, you said something needs to happen. I'm not sure if, if the coaches are going to be in a hot seat. If, if they lose the next three games, which is very possible, uh, I think you, you start, you know, Start hearing the Rick Tockett rumors again. Uh, you know uh, because what, this team isn't ready to play. They weren't ready to play in their first period tonight. They're, they take periods off. It's starting to look a little bit more like last year. You know what, Warren? I will say up until this, uh, the last couple of days, I would have been like, no, Elaine Vigneault's here. He's the coach. That's the way it's just going to be. Uh, when he kind of jumped in front, of the Michel Therrien bullet today or yesterday, whenever it was. And he said the power play is on him and he trusts Michel Therrien. Like I don't, there just seemed to be a little bit of defiance there. I don't know, but I'm starting to think maybe he's not on the hot seat, but it's, it's warming up. Like the seat warmer is switched to on. Is that uh, Coots hurt? He you know, doesn't. Thought, he's not I noticeable. I the exact same thing tonight. I was watching the game tonight, Warren, and I went, you know, he's still – sometimes I see him and he looks like Coots and he, he does – that's every time I start to think is something the matter with him, he does something that makes me think, and now nah, he's fine. But 
He kind of looks like it, right? Uh, he doesn't. He's not noticeable. He's not. He's not a difference maker. He's not an eight million dollar player right now. He is not, and uh, thanks a lot, Warren. Yeah, uh, the Coots thing, and listen, the guys who are now, the position they're in now with Ellis and Hayes, you have no idea when they're going to be back, really. The guys who have maybe a tweak, maybe something to matter, you'll never know because they are just going to play through it because what is this team <laughs> – what the fuck does this team look like if Couturier and Hayes are both out? Like, we're looking at Claude Giroux 1C, Derek Broussard 2C. Like, that's what we're looking at. And that that's not nearly good enough. Uh, let's go to Dan Allen. Dan, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, I actually missed the first half of this game because I was at work, and then I missed. I didn't watch, like, the last 10 minutes of it because I would rather watch Back to the Future than that crap. <laughs> but uh I can't blame just, I can't blame just not a not a good not a good performance you know against uh you know I'm I'm not I'm not in the, I'm not in the mood to like talk about like coaching changes or you know yeah. skies falling or whatever personally but I'm I'm I tend to go on the positive side but yeah, I mean it, like like we can we look at everything micro and because I maybe we're warped by football maybe we're just uh, maniacs we look at everything in that game to game. Oh, the power play was bad. Fire the fucking assist. Like, that's just kind of what we do. But yeah, it's not Thanksgiving. It, the coach isn't getting fired. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they played, they played tough against Tampa the other day, who's better than Boston. And then before this performance against Boston. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you never quite know which Flyers team you're going to get on a given day. And, you know, can't really have that when you're going into a week where you're playing Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. They better play well against Carolina because I'm going to the Black Friday game. And if they, you know, every time I seem to go to a game, they lose. <laughs> so I would like to have that streak broken. But, so you're you know. at fault. Yes, yes. I haven't been to a game in like <laughs> like a year and a half. But you know, maybe 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 my staying away is uh is you know is negative or positive. I I don't know. Super. We are superstitious hockey people, you know, especially me being a former goalie. We're the craziest to them all. Yeah, it's uh, uh, – this team is – you just – I think you really hit on it. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get night to night. Like, they can play Tampa tough. They can play Tampa to the point where, man, if it isn't for a shit goal they give up in the third period and then they still come back and retie it and force overtime – you have no idea. They could have beat Tampa straight up. And then they come out and just lay an egg against Boston, who is not close to as good as Tampa. No. Uh, yeah, I think I really think, um, you know, we got two goals from Broussard today, which is nice. Um, but the depth, the depth scoring has really been an issue, you know, beyond, you know, Giroux pretty much. You know, he's I don't have the stats in front of me, but, you know, we're not getting anything from Farabee. We're not getting anything from Limblom. We're not getting anything, you know, from these, you know, younger players. You know, I, I, you know, on a different. The guys game. who are supposed to be taking control of the lineup at this point. Yeah, uh, I just was thinking about what you were uh, talking about on on BSH this week about you know was the, you know, the Hextall era worth it? And my answer is no because, you know, in my opinion, the in my opinion, his tenure with the Flyers was a failure because, you know, look at us now. You know, we're even 
you know, Holmgren, you know, had his had his warts as a general manager, but you know, under him at at you know, the best of the Holmgren era is better than anything we've had under Hextall or Fletcher oh, Sif. Without a doubt. That's listen, Paul Holmgren had his issues as GM, but the first half of his tenure is stellar. That said, I still think if and they'll they'll have holes to fill, regardless of how everything works out. They'll have plenty of holes to fill from the Hextall era if Carter Hart is that dude, as I put it on BSH Radio. I think maybe the Hextall era was worth it. Well, yep, getting that goalie would be great. I mean, I, I generally tend to think that the you know the whole uh, oh the Flyers goaltending has been kind of I think it's been more, been more mediocre than bad over the years, but. You know, yeah, it's. I, I think we overblow it, and there have been times in the biggest possible spots where it's really let us down. But um, like you know, the play in front of the netminder has been as suspect as the netminder. However, the goalie is the guy sitting there in the big pads that plays the entire game. He's the one we're gonna throw. He's the one we're gonna throw shit at when everything goes bad. Yeah, and the one we got now is looking really good. So you know, he is. We'll never, we'll never give up. You know, we 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 yell and gnash our teeth and you know, you know, about this team, but we'll never give up on them. <laughs> and no, uh, if I could, I would. I say that all the time. And thanks a lot, Dan. Like, it's I don't need to go on like a baseball rant now, but I always say like it's what makes me so mad about Mets fans. Like, you have the best thing ever right in front of you, and you chose the fucking Mets. Like, fuck you. If you think the the Philadelphia Athletics were still in town and they were the greatest team of all time, and then here's the Phillies with their almost 12,000 uh, – no, they're not at almost 12,000 minutes, a little over 11,000 losses. If you think I'd be a fan of the Phillies if I had some alternative, like you're out of your goddamn mind. And that's – if I could give up on the Flyers, I would because it would be good for my health. But I haven't. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're back. Bill, I, I want to add one quick thing, especially for the, the younger guys that are coming up, you know, Cam York and Frost, um, you know, and, and it kind of goes along with what I said in the beginning. You can agree with it. You know, if you don't agree with it, well, fuck you. I don't care. Um, but if I'm Le Perrier and you're in the AHL, you, the whole point of them is to try and get them NHL ready. You know, you're trying to get them to the big leagues and make sure they play correctly. And in the Flyers organization, this goes with any big city or big ticket organization, New York, Boston, Chicago, uh, Toronto in the NHL. You need to sit down with those younger players and you need to say, listen, when you go to the big leagues and if you don't perform well, you need to be ready to get harassed. Like if, and I feel like some of the players that maybe, um, Holmgren and, and, and during that era that they picked up just weren't fit, you know, when they're not good. And then all of a sudden the fans get on them and they're like, well, fuck it. I don't want to play here. I'm not obviously not good enough. And then they go to, you know, another city, say, fuck, I don't know, Florida, for example. Look at their fucking fan base. Do they have 3000 people <laughs> in the stands? I, I don't like like you get they're my papering, point. They're papering games like a WCW house show. Like, oh, Jesus, how, like- how do they? How do they make money? I don't understand that. Like, I look at their fucking stadium and it's crazy. But you, you get what I'm trying to say. You, you yeah, gotta, yeah. you gotta step your game up when you play for a big city. No, and yeah, absolutely, Hunter. Thanks a lot. Uh, I mean, 
you just have to look at a team that plays in the same building as the Philadelphia Flyers. And listen, I really got to piss, so I'm not going to like talk about Ben Simmons right now because I want to get out of here. But Nikki Hall's back with us. Nikki, you are in your bookend, bookend spot. You're going to close out the show. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm honestly, uh, I'll try to make it not super long, but like, honestly, we, they got to be playing up the potential and, you know, it's probably one of the main reasons, not just the Flyers, but really the Eagles, Sixers and really any Philly team, you know, some of these guys, especially here, like, oh, they suck. They're not doing great, blah, blah, blah. And then some of these guys, like Hunter said, was like, oh, well, fuck this. I'll go play in fucking Florida, Boston, wherever. And then, like, you know, they're lighting it up, putting up numbers. And then everybody's all like, well, what the hell? Why are they doing so great there? But they weren't doing great here. Oh, I don't know, because, you know, we're going into every single. I'm not saying it's unrealistic to want the team to do well and to win the cup. I'm not saying that at all. However, going into a season with unrealistic expectations is what's really you know, driving away a lot of this young talent and some potential veteran presence that goes on and thrives elsewhere. And then we're all sitting here scratching our heads like, well, why can't we have that here? Oh, wait, it's Philly. Yeah, and I, I feel you, Nikki. Uh, thanks a lot. Um, I I don't think our, our expectations are unrealistic. Like, I go on BSH Radio and I say, like, what I want is to be dangerous in the playoffs. My my expectation is get to an Eastern Conference fucking final. I'm not asking you to win a cup. I'm not asking you to go to the cup. Like, be in the final four. Win a couple of rounds. Maybe upset somebody for the first time in 10 years. Like, win a, a series against a team with a higher seed for the first time in how long. I, I just, you know, they're... For, there's a lot of frustrating things going on in this city right now. Uh, I, I don't want to turn it into a big picture conversation. So we're going to wrap it up there again. Uh, I got to go. I, I'm, I got to piss. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, search broad street hockey, yada, yada, yada. Uh, my name's Bill Matz until next time. Have a great week, everybody.